Hi, my name's Becca. And I'm Morgan. And my name's Danelle. And this is a Listen Up podcast. In this episode, we are talking all things vaginas. It was honestly one of the best episodes we filmed. So funny, so interesting. However, I do want to check some content warnings out there. This whole podcast, as I said, is about vaginas. That means we're talking menstruation, childbirth, contraceptives, and basically anything else that goes along with the topic of vaginas. If you do feel uncomfortable listening to this episode or you find it triggering, please feel free to skip it. Throughout the episode, we do make reference to women and female. It's something that we're consciously trying to unlearn, as we should be saying people with vaginas and people with ovaries. We understand that vagina does not equal women. As I said, it's something we're trying to unlearn, and the whole point of this podcast is that we can unlearn these things together. So please excuse us for any slip-ups we make as we go. Anyway, this episode is amazing, so I don't want to go on any longer. I hope you enjoy again welcome to the listen up podcast in today's episode we're going to be talking about all vaginas and female related things and today we have a special guest um india hi i'm india and i'm kind of i'm an online activist mainly i co-run a safe space called the speak up space and we're listening and signposting space for survivors of sexual violence harassment and anything that correlates i also do a lot of work on anti-racism and all sorts of other stuff i'm i guess you could call me an advocate for everyone (laughs) love that that's so nice We're so excited to have you, India, though, and your amazing wisdom. This is what we need. Um, This is such a weird one to just kind of start, but I know once we start, we're all going to get really into it. So this whole episode is about vaginas, something that I know we've just had to say quite a few times to make it normal. But it's one of those things that we think is just kind of a taboo topic that I don't know why we don't speak about it. Let's just kind of break down that taboo. I mean, it's like, thing is, no, no, no one likes to talk about vaginas and I don't know why. I'm like, yeah. okay, about half the population mm-hmm. has vagina, they're okay. And they're so like, they're amazing. They're mm-hmm. literally amazing. It's crazy what they can do. Even just like, I mean, the concept of giving, like giving birth terrifies me. <laughs> but, like, Freaks wow. me out. Do you know the thing that gets me the most about giving birth? And I don't know why, I read this the other day on Twitter and I was like, whoa, yeah, that's the thing that's really put everything into perspective. It's like, yeah, you're growing a human, amazing. But have you thought about the individual things? Your body is growing an eyeball. You're yeah. physically, as a person, growing an eyeball inside of you. Literally. What's that about? And then you just push it out through you. I hadn't thought of it like that. Thank you. For it's it's so complex. So someone someone said something the other day, I don't remember who it was, but it was like, when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, yes. that you you were in there as well, because you're, um, obviously when, when you have ovaries, you're <laughs> born with all of your eggs. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember hearing about that, it's really cool. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so like, you-, <laughs> you were in there, like, in the womb, in your grandmother, within your mom. Like, how wild is that? Oh, right. I didn't even realize. So, wait, 
Are so you telling me eggs? that when I'm in the room, you already have eggs? Yeah, because you grow your ovaries mm. out. At that point, that is yeah. insane. I don't know why that didn't ever, like, <laughs> just think they just arrive one day, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? There. That's actually, like, weirdly kind of cute. Like, oh. Uh, yeah, it's nice. So it's like, I don't know, it, it's like that connection between mm. you and your whole, like, family because that's I don't know it goes further than your own mum mm. I just think it's really cool but that's so nice oh I like that thanks yeah. for sharing that <laughs> it's a nice fact I don't, <laughs> I don't know where I heard it maybe, maybe it's all a lie and it's not a lie I've heard it I've like made up but it is like, I'm like 99% sure <laughs> it makes sense it does make sense it's just one of those things that you just never really consider you don't ever have a need to like think oh you know what (laughs) that's so cool but it's the fact that then birth birthing a human and i mean people can't see my hands right now but how does that just come out how never gonna understand that especially if you're small like me oh my god oh no don't say that baby inside me they're not gonna lie i can't imagine it yet no when I see it, I'll believe it. But until then, I can't picture it. No kids. I don't. I don't even know if I. I don't think I want to give birth. I don't. Yeah, I don't even think I want I, to have kids. I, I can't even imagine the pain as well. That's why you get epidurals in the back asap. That also terrifies me though, because a giant needle in your spine. Mm, no, thank you. Yeah. One. <laughs> I don't know, actually know what's worse. Mm. All of it is bad i think the closest thing i'll probably ever come to like experiencing giving birth is like when i first got my menstrual cup and i didn't know how to take it out do you know what i did i was like maybe if i just push it'll come out no yeah yeah don't do that but that's that's what they say isn't it like the first thing is when on the menstrual cup because it is i mean if you haven't used one before it, it creates a suction inside of you which is amazing. That's the thing that makes it so efficient, not efficient, effective. Um, but you have to like break, I'm sorry about the finger actions here. You have to break the seal. So like you have to remove the vacuum. Yeah, cause I did it pre seal breaking. And I was just, I was pushing and then I was like trying to pull it out at the same time. And I, oh, <laughs> all the pain. So please, if you're thinking about trying a menstrual cup, take it from me. Please read the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and watch, do you know what? Menstrual cups, I know we were just saying this, but changed my life. Not spoken about enough anyway. And I think we're probably going to get into periods next because it feels like that's kind of where the conversation's flowing, excuse the pun. Mm. But like menstrual cups are something that I don't think anybody really speaks about, like, oh, these are all your options. Like you kind of learn about a tampon when. Well, I learned about it when I was in like year five and they just put it in water and went, look, this is what happens. Cool. It mm. expands. There you go. But yeah, when I was in my first year of uni, um, my, me and a couple of friends were all like, yeah, let's do our bit for the environment and get the menstrual cups. And it was such a game changer. It, it was just the best decision I think I've ever made. But it was so weird that first time. I remember I couldn't get it in for ages. That was my first issue. And then once it was in, it's like, hey, how does it come out? I guess it's the same with when you learn how to put a tampon in for the first time. And How did you find out about it? Because I, I never knew about menstrual cups until you brought it out in uni. And it is, that's the thing, I think, though, is that you never... I think they have only really kind of 
become a big thing in like the past few years but I don't even know where I found out about it I just saw it maybe advertised online somewhere and was like yeah this looks cool and then it was it was definitely like a 2am conversation of um oh these look cool should we get one like and we would you have to do like a test as well to kind of like there's different strengths I don't know if you had this as well in India when you got your- oh my god because if you've already like if you've had kids then you need like a different version to if you haven't had kids and if you're like doing a lot of sport you should be getting like slightly firmer ones like there's loads of different That's things so cool but it's like and how mad is it that actually our like bodies have all these different capabilities that we don't even know about I didn't think actually maybe my pelvic floor is really strong I need to have a stronger cup like who even knew that was a thing but it's so good I yeah I highly recommend anybody who feels comfortable it isn't for everybody and I have a few friends who have tried them and just couldn't get on with them at all but for me it it actually stopped my cramps I don't know if that happened for anybody else but I used to get quite bad cramps and I still get cramps every time especially like the first day oh my god the first day is the worst yeah I think like for me it really reduced my cramps but it also reduced my flow I found yeah yeah same my periods became less heavy but I think I don't know I there's there's always something about tampons that just like hasn't sat right with my body Mm. like I don't know. There, there was just something that didn't feel quite right, and unnatural. Yeah, it did, mm-hmm. like it didn't feel quite right because I don't know. They, I think the ones I was getting probably they weren't amazing anyway, mm. and they probably had stuff in that didn't necessarily need to be in there. So obviously, if you're using like organic tampons or something, that's probably way way better. But I never got there before I got to my cup, and yeah. But it's just like as soon as I started using my cup, it just. It was, it was just so much better. I was like, okay, I feel better about my life and you can wear them for so long. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best part. You can actually, I mean, I wear mine overnight and I don't, like, you don't wake up the next morning. What I absolutely despise the most, like, I never wore a tampon overnight. I'd wear a huge pad and I hate pads mm. with a passion now because I'd wake up in the morning feeling like You're a baby who'd God. wet, like, my nappy. <laughs> so, oh, I'm, I'm wet. I need to, like, go and shower and change. Whereas, like, with a cup, it's literally just so discreet what i do find so fascinating though is how if you kind of take it out carefully enough you can just see like how much blood yeah (laughs) it's weird because i think because when you have like a pad or a tampon it looks way worse than it actually is i feel like Mm. it all just kind of soaks it all up and because it's cotton it all expands and it just gets a bit manky whereas a cup you literally see it and you're like whoa i just yeah i don't know i find period blood so like fascinating because it's 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 totally different um mm-hmm. well in terms of like visuals i don't know the science behind it <laughs> i think it's great but that's what we need to be doing though isn't it like we just need to normalize this so much like i think it probably starts from being in school like i don't know whether you guys had the same experience but i remember so vividly in year five in sex ed we were split up boys and girls Girls went in, learn about periods, and boy, I don't know what the boys were doing. God knows what they were doing. But then we all, all the girls got taken to the staff room, of all places, to learn about periods. And it's like, oh yeah, we got we got taught like that as well. We but why crazy. don't we teach the boys? Yeah. Well, See, that's, that's think, why they're not educated about it. Like. Literally. I think that's changed though. So I've, I've got a younger brother and they had to have, I don't know whether they did joint lessons on it, but either mm. way, 
the boys in the class had to learn about periods as well so I think in terms of that it's like progressing thank god Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just a his school thing or if that's Mm -hmm. like a nationwide thing now but yeah my god like when I was at yeah because it was in primary school so I must have been year five or six when they taught us about periods and like yeah all the boys had to leave the room (laughs) and it was kind of like this awkward quiet chat yeah it's like okay (laughs) you know it's gonna happen but like let's not really talk about it too much Mm -hmm. and that was just me sat there like but what do you mean there's just gonna be blood coming out of my shirt that doesn't seem quite right guys (laughs) I got so shook when I first knew about like periods like blood's coming out of me I'm gonna die (laughs) it's scary though I'd had that talk with school and it is that oh this is gonna happen but they don't really tell you much more than that they're like it's normal don't worry you don't know like the actual details of what it looks like or what it will feel like or what it will do to you and I remember just kind of getting in the shower when like I was younger and just being like uh and I just burst out crying and I like ran to my mum like mum I think I've started my period (laughs) and I didn't know because I was like expecting bright red blood and all this stuff and I'll know when I started my period and I was expecting it to kind of be like you know when you cut yourself and you get a little bit of blood but it was like obviously completely different it's like is this isn't it am I dying like what's happening here and like the the thing is that well it's personally anyway they never told me about like how you get like are they what are they like how you get like the little yeah the little clots yeah yeah, and then how it can kind of be like a bit mucusy, mm-hmm. and they don't tell you about what all the different types of discharge mean, and it's like, what I could have done with some more thing. helpful information, guys. Literally. <laughs> I should do like research on my own time. <laughs> Literally, like it's, it, I don't know, like it was a bit of a shock. So I was, I remember, it, it must have been like within one of my first periods, I looked down at my pad and I was like okay but why does the blood look kind of solid there mm-hmm. what's going on am i ill am i sick like am i gonna die it's like no it's fine it's normal but just no one had even thought to mention it mm. yeah but it is one of those things that i think you every single well every single girl that i know has been having the same issue where we've I've started my period, don't know what it's like, struggling, kind of looking it up online. Like, why are we all secretly looking it up online when we could actually just be having this discussion at the same time? Yeah, so weird. Exactly. I went to an all-girl school, so... Me too. Like, Me three. High, high five. None. <laughs> None. <laughs> but there was 300 of us in my year, and... Oh. Um, we didn't. We just got given like a box with like a pad. Yes. I understand how you for free. Uh, I also went to an all girls school in secondary school, and it was like you did not talk about your period. Like honestly, the amount of times where my friends would start their period, they wouldn't be expecting it. Um, so you mm. didn't have anything with them and it was kind of like you just had to really secretly like okay like let me just pass it to you like yeah know, through like, the sleeve oh yeah like literally probably almost everyone in the room is also you know experiencing a period like how I and it was, mm. it was only in sixth form I think I was in second year where we got like um there was a box of free like tampons and pads available it was just I'm like how how is this mm. only just happening? Because the thing is that there are so many people that, you know, either you forget or you just literally, you can't afford period mm. products. Because, you know, obviously 
they're an essential, but, you know, choosing between pads and eating mm-hmm. is like, you know, it's like you, there's yeah. an obvious choice there, sadly. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, I mean, this, we're filming this at the exact right time, I guess, is that this week they'd finally, after what, 20 years of fighting, finally taken the, the VAT off. Yeah period products i don't understand how it was ever classed as a luxury item like absurd how was there any logic behind that this is the thing that i don't get you would ask because obviously like you'd be going you'd be like hi can i go to the toilet and they'd be like yeah sure and you wouldn't want to like bring your bag out and like, <laughs> go to the toilet so you'd like slide one out and like slide in your skirt and like walk off but mm-hmm. i don't know when teachers say no Oh my god. And you're like really need the toilet. No. Yeah, like I as a as a I can envision my like fifteen year old self being like then being like no and me being like, Do you want me to do the over your floor? I wish I could say that now. I wish I wish my I would say that to them now. But like at fifteen I was like, please, please can I go to the toilet? The thing is though is that like even just from like a, a non-period perspective, it's like, what if you have a medical condition that you have yet mm-hmm. disclosed to the school? Mm-hmm. And it's like, just let people go to the bathroom, my God. <laughs> I feel like if if one of if one person after 30 kids goes, I really need the toilet, can I go to the bathroom? Yeah, sure. Be back in the five. Just or stay, stay, stay. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go lock around. But like... I need the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Let the people pee. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to pee on your floor or pee in a toilet? Take your pick. Exactly. <laughs> they act like it's a conspiracy. <laughs> going going back to like periods and cups, did you guys make it to the vagina museum before Corona kicked off? No. no. Oh. I was going to go. Me and my friend were going to go. I really want to Guys, I'm sorry. Have I, I feel like I've actually missed something here. The Vagina Museum. Where is it again? Where is this? It's in London. It's in Camden. I have not seen it's that on my few visits to London. I'm gonna. Oh that. my god, you have to go. So it's like it's super small. It's only just started up. It's like so. Um, no, it's free as well. Yeah, it's free. This incredible woman started it up and yeah, she just raised all the money for it and just wanted to educate people about vaginas. It's the only museum about vaginas. Cause I think, so there's like the museum of sex and then I think, I think there's, is there a penis museum? The museum I'm not in sure, but there's- something in Japan. I and, Am- and Amsterdam is in there. I think that might be the museum of sex, but yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure. But this is the only, the only vagina museum in the world wow. and it's in the great. world wow and um so they they did their first exhibition they called it muff busters which i just thought was brilliant <laughs> and um it was yeah it was just about like busting vagina myths and um there was just yeah there was like so much great information i'm hoping that the exhibition will st- like still be there mm. Hope. Mm corona when things are like able to open again um because i would highly recommend for anyone to go because it's just brilliant and to go and support them because their work is super important and it's super inclusive as well like all of their language is really good and it's like you know 
making sure everyone knows that vaginas aren't aren't exclusive to women you know Mm. Mm. it's people with vaginas um and they had this brilliant like (laughs) this artist made like this huge tampon and put like glittery blood on it yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) um but there was just this there was this one little bit where there was a bunch of like old-timey products well things that some of some of them weren't even that old-timey they literally must have been like from a few years ago of like vagina cleaning products (laughs) so upsetting i was like oh god not this again because the thing is no like i mean no one no one told me this when i was in secondary school but thankfully i didn't decide to kind of um use cleaning products but no one like in my sex ed told me like your vagina is self-cleaning no mm-hmm. one told me that yeah. i i thought i think i found it out from like a hannah witten video or something yeah and it's but literally the other day i saw she she's like an actress slash influencer she was advertising what she called vagina wash and i was like no <laughs> no this is so mm dangerous people are like yeah this is it's gonna make it taste good it's gonna make it smell good but i'm like no what it's gonna do is throw your ph balance off don't do that (laughs) (laughs) what they were really trying to sell like here have some vagina wash get some thrush and then you can buy something more to like sort that out literally it's just a conspiracy for all these like bigger thrush companies isn't it (laughs) 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 but it's awful and it just Mm. it feeds into this constant expectation that your Mm. vagina needs to smell like fruit and fresh as a daisy Mm. and it it needs to taste like pineapples and cherries and i'm like no your vagina is going to smell like vagina and it's going to taste like a vagina because that's what it is yeah exactly (laughs) nothing you try and scent it with will change (laughs) the vagina and it's gonna like smell of things but i think that's such an important thing though like it's back to that whole like health thing. Why aren't we teaching people that yes, it will smell? And actually, you need to be aware of what that smell is because things like smell and discharge are such important factors in identifying actual deep problems. Like, oh. I think at first I was just so thrown off by the fact that I was like, what is going on down there? Like, I like, when it first I maybe even became aware of discharge. I'm like this isn't normal something's not right right within me i must be like broken like this is disgusting but if someone can just been like yeah this is this is normal it will discharge will change as you go through your cycle it will go through all these different phases completely normal but keep an eye on it kind of get to know your own cycle because actually if you notice something that's gone a bit off that's your first sign of all these other conditions exactly exactly it's so important you just need to get to know your body and I Mm. honestly anyone with a vagina I really encourage you to like look at it and just just explore what does it look like for yourself because I think I I saw like a crazy statistic but it said that like it was a really high percentage of people with vaginas either didn't know what their own one looked like properly or like couldn't correctly label a diagram Mm -hmm. (laughs) of their vulva slash vagina and I just thought that is really bad. That's mm. bad. <laughs> like, why? You need to know about your body and just vaginal health, and because it's 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 such a like incredible 
complex part of your body but it can also mm. be really sensitive yeah mm. and you need to know about it <laughs> otherwise you're gonna encounter a problem you need to look after it in the correct way and know which parts are your responsibility to kind of sort out and which parts it will just sort itself out you know mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing and it's not even just like you're saying you've got the self-cleaning bit you've got your normal discharges you've got your smells but you've also everybody like with the same it's everything about everybody on the outside you're different on the inside like you're gonna have everybody's vagina is different things are in different places they're angled differently but you never get taught about all these different i, I don't know like conditions but like there are so many conditions that are related to vaginas and i guess just like downstairs hygiene um that we don't talk about and i mean i know things like i think probably just in the last year i learned about like what endometriosis was and like what PCOS was it's something that we don't talk about and how are we meant to be able to identify that in ourselves if we don't actually talk about it to begin with exactly and everyone's vagina is different everyone's vulva is different do you do you follow the vulva gallery on instagram no, no, I actually don't. Oh, there's Another. a new account to follow. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> biggest Definitely. recommendation um, by this incredible person. I think they're called Hilda, um, but they're from the Netherlands, and they they oh just Lord. draw people's vulvas. But I I like it because it's it's just about empowerment and it's about representing all of like everyone's vulva looks different oh, key rings yeah it's that's really so cool. <laughs> and also um they i was listening to them talk about it as a project on um a podcast and they they were saying you know vaginas are often so sexualized and um so mm-hmm. they they've chosen to like draw them from like a front on perspective rather than like a legs open perspective mm-hmm. as well which i thought was a really interesting choice as well because it's yeah but vaginas are sexualized because obviously you know they are they are there for sex as well but like they're just another part of your body as well mm-hmm. and it, i mean that feeds into this whole like you know nudity doesn't equal you know sexual and Mm -hmm. stuff but yeah another another big recommendation i'm gonna follow them it's a good perspective to look at it from like the the, again that everyone's different because everyone thinks that like there's a textbook and everyone's got the exact same like regimented size shape i don't know what else everything color all sorts but in reality literally down to like the smallest thing is different Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think also when it comes to anatomy and learning about it, I only ever saw white. Yeah. Bodies, you know, <laughs> there was never any kind of representation there. So even just as a person of colour, your vagina and body looks completely different and like, I don't know even yeah just down to like stretch marks showing up on you differently it's Mm. but you never get to see that so yeah I don't know representation is super important even within education and your biology lessons and your sex ed lessons Mm. I do genuinely think though that like in 
I don't, when I was in secondary school, we didn't have sex ed, um, which is stupid as hell, considering there was At two. all? Uh, I don't, uh, I either wasn't paying attention, which is very <laughs> unlikely, not unlikely. <laughs> you know, like, it was probably likely I wasn't paying attention, but I wouldn't have missed it. Like, I wouldn't have, yeah. it, it was still, like, a big section. We had, we did, um, in PS, P, no, is it PSHE? Is that school? Yeah. yeah. PSHE, we, um, got given the box. Mm. And instead of uh, one class put like a condom on a banana and then like we got told mm-hmm. by my form tutor um, this most irrelevant and most useless thing I've ever heard in my entire life. She'd watched a film and she was like, oh, the woman didn't want to have sex. So he like blew a flower around her and she like got off on it. And like, Thank you. I'll remember that. All <laughs> <laughs> she taught us. And then that was the end of sex ed for me. Yeah, I mean, my sex ed was really, really useless. I like. I have to say, I think I learned more in primary school relating to sex ed than I did in secondary school. We, we had one designated day. I think I was in year ten, and we were like on a rotor and we went to different classrooms and I didn't even get to go to all the classrooms like some mm-hmm. classrooms got to look at condoms whereas some classes learned about STIs I learned about STIs and that was it and it was kind of just like okay well these are bad so <laughs> just you know don't don't get an STI guys um yeah but what about you know when, when you do get an STI what are you supposed to do then mm-hmm. well that's information I'm not going to tell you mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was just it was so useless and that's kind of all I remember and they spent a lot of our PSHE lessons teaching us really pointless information, like mm-hmm. how to plan a wedding. Whoa, what? That's yeah, very what? I know. Because <laughs> genuinely the most useless information ever. I like all of my sex education, I have had to rely on educators on the internet, such as, you know, Hannah Witten and mm-hmm. other amazing people. Um that's insane yeah Mm. my school was terrible for it and i i I just want every other child to have a much better sense Mm. than i did because it's appalling and it you know it means that you don't know a lot of stuff so it's like how how are you even supposed to navigate Mm -hmm. the world of like your body in sex and stuff if you haven't even been taught the basics yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I and I thought my school was actually quite bad but now hearing hearing that maybe it was slightly better um but then I think PSHE we did do some bits like we spoke a bit like you're saying we did kind of oh STIs don't get them this is some condoms here's a plastic penis you put it on that and that was sort of it like the they kind of mentioned very briefly, like, oh, these are your forms of contraception. You should use condoms. And there's like, oh, here's these other things, but you should use condoms. And that was sort of it. And I think I didn't really learn about like contraception until I went on the pill. I didn't know what it was. And I was like basically forced on the pill in a way. Like I went to the doctor and they're like, you should go on the pill, here you go. And I kind of had to learn about all of it as I was on it, which was so unhealthy because actually you don't get taught things like it's hormones it's going to mess with your own chemical system and mm. i had so many issues because of the pill whereas if they taught me about that in high school maybe i could have taken a more educated like decision about going on the pill instead of just sitting there in the doctor's office with my mum next to me then going you should go on the pill here you go this is what you're going to go on it was literally like that and then that was my life for 
three or four years just on this varying medication, messing up all my chemicals, going through like, I guess, peaks and troughs of mental health, all just because, I don't know, the doctor told me I should. Not not good, not good. And the thing is that there's so many methods of contraception out there as well Mm -hmm. that, you know, I mean, obviously like some are slightly more effective than others, but they majorly kind of do the same job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I don't know. They don't tell you about all the options. Like, I think I only learned about the pill um, in like a biology lesson or something, but they didn't tell you about the implant or the coil mm-hmm. or like, you know, all the other things that you can do. But like, the pill isn't something that I ever want to do just Mm -hmm. because of you know the possible side effects of it like for some people it's amazing and it's great but then other people it's like they'll get bouts of depression and then or they'll have like crazy kind of weight loss and weight gain and you know it it messes with their skin and I'm just like I'm not I'm not Mm -hmm. down for that actually (laughs) it is it's it's insane how much it can like alter you because I know I think actually in high school, so many people were going on the pill and it was for so many different reasons. Like people go on it for, to improve their acne, like amazing. And then kind of hear all these like rumors of, oh, this person's now all of a sudden got huge boobs and it's, oh, because I'm Mm. on the pill. And it almost became this glorified thing that when you were that age, like, wow, there's this magical tablet that get like clears my acne and gives me big boobs. Whoa, that's exactly what I want. And it's free. Like, how do I get this? And I think kind of when they then said to me like oh you should go on the pill it was like yeah okay I've only heard good things about it and then I didn't realize I mean the other thing that didn't make sense to me as well was I was on a pill back at home and then when I went to university I had to go and get my next like boxes of the pill and they were like oh we don't stock that brand but they're all the same so you can have this one instead so they gave me they were like it's the same hormone so it, it won't do anything I'm like all right like I'm at a like sexual health clinic you know what you're talking about sure did all like the blood pressure and stuff gave it to me and honestly the the difference it turned like I the only thing I can like use to explain me that I actually turned into a monster like how my pure mother dealt with me during that summer I have no idea at all because of this one tablet and then hormones isn't it and they don't tell you about that and I literally I had then gone and changed to another pill because I was back at home and I felt fine again and then I was like I'll try another thing and I mean I'm off it completely now because I was just like I why am I pumping all these different chemicals into my body that's messing me up in all these different ways it's not this amazing thing they've glorified it to be and now I honestly feel like so alive it's so weird to explain like being on this artificial thing and then coming off it I just feel like this huge weight's been lifted off me. Whereas if I had just known from the beginning that this could happen, maybe I wouldn't have ever explored that to begin with. Personally, I'd never go on it. I will avoid the pill, injection, IUD, coil, whatever the heck you want, at all costs, just because I don't want to risk messing up my hormones. They're already messed up. Yeah, I I don't blame you. I honestly don't blame you. Like, they are, some people, it is honestly, it changes their lives for the better. And I think that is like such an important thing to emphasize is that everybody has different experiences. You can take two people on the exact same pill having completely different opposite like experiences. But for me, if I had known what it was going to be like, 
I never would have done it. And I think also but it, this idea of developing so much contraception really puts yeah. the responsibility on women slash people with like ovaries to mm-hmm. you know take that into their hands that you know they're not gonna have a baby whereas it's like condoms do exist and mm-hmm. you know what they're also the most effective because then you also don't get an sti mm-hmm. <laughs> and also they're free like they're, you- yeah, exactly they're really a win-win situation so i'm like mm-hmm. you know what <laughs> okay people with penises just deal with it Mm-hmm. just do it this you, you know it's it's best for you it's best for me it's best for everyone mm-hmm. and it's safe <laughs> they're, like, they're safe they're free just just do it just do it mm-hmm. and oh, like I, I was watching this tv show on I think it was channel four literally called sex clinic and it, it was really interesting because those people go in for kind of various different issues but um the amount of people people that went on that show and kind of in the little interview bit they would say like okay do you usually wear condoms and they'd be like no no I just I just don't feel like I need to and I'm like do you think you're immune from SDS? <laughs> do you do you really <laughs> like, and especially if you're um someone that has a lot of one night stands or you have multiple sexual mm-hmm. partners you're not using condoms what are you doing <laughs> like, you might end up with a baby out there or you might just get someone else, you, know, you might get one yourself like be aware of these things please mm-hmm. and make sure you get tested that's <laughs> one thing that's really actually important like a lot of people don't go and get mm-hmm. get tested and it's like oh it's been yeah, that really nice about it. it's been three years since i um imagine like in a scenario you have sex of like 50 people, maybe a bit less, whatever. And then you get tested like after the 50th person. It's like, oh, that second person might have given me something. I've given mm-hmm. it to 48 other people. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that. there's no issue with going and getting tested. It's so important. Mm-hmm. But we've just created this whole stigma around it. And it's like, Surely you'd rather know if you had an STI rather than just being like, oh, no, I'm not going to go get tested. Because, like, no, you're not immune from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Go and get tested regularly. Whenever you get a new partner, go and get tested. You can do it together. Mm-hmm. It's a fun activity. <laughs> go. First okay. date. My friend Cute. said she's going to take him on her first date. She was like, before we meet, STI clinic. <laughs> well, it's like, or if you know that you potentially will be having sex with someone new go just go beforehand and then because mm. like literally you can have your results texted to you and it's mm-hmm. like before you have that sexual encounter you can just be like oh okay let's just show each other our our sti statuses <laughs> done you can move along with your life and you can yeah. enjoy that time it's just like i oh, i just i just can't stress enough mm. it's one of those it's so good i think i'm definitely I was definitely guilty of kind of that that stigma when I was at uni because again it was one of those things that I didn't even know that the sexual health clinic existed when I came to uni it wasn't something I spoke about oh. in high school it wasn't something I needed to know about in high school go to uni and I'm like oh okay what's this okay this is a thing but for me it was like I, I was so terrified to go in 
because there was this whole thing of I don't know you just kind of hear horror stories and the people the way people make it out it was like oh my god it's gonna be terrifying embarrassed about it yeah and I was literally instead of going to a a like a clinic myself super simple just down the road and I mean now it's like yeah it doesn't phase me I literally ordered these tests from do like the DIY ones at home all those kind of things I'm like it's actually so much more effort to go and do it yourself and figure out how to do it just go down everybody there is there for any kind of I guess sexual health reasons there's nothing to be embarrassed about but it's kind of taking that first step is so uncomfortable I think it's for everybody it is awkward and it you just kind of walk in there and you kind of feel so shamed but we need to like get past that and really remove that stigma to begin with because like you say it, it, it almost in the end at uni I remember it kind of just turning into a a day out like one pass would be going down to get their like coil yeah. done another pass would be going down to get a new pill another person's like oh I'll just go down and get a test at the same time like it really isn't anywhere near as bad as I think they make it out to be literally and it's like the people that work there they've seen it all you literally have nothing to worry about there's no need to be embarrassed that's their job they do it as a profession mm-hmm. they specialize in sexual health <laughs> you can you could probably say anything to them and they'd be like okay cool yeah that's fine we, we have a solution to that Here's, you know like yeah it's it, just don't worry about it mm-hmm. no you need me to hold your hand let's do it okay <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> because I would just so much rather you just got tested and everyone be so much safer and uh, I think I did see that STIs are on the rise again as oh, well. Wow. And, and I'm like... Because of the whole pandemic, isn't it? I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's because of the pandemic or it's just because less people are getting tested or people are kind of being less careful now. But um, mm. yeah, do be careful because ultimately it's way more awkward to have to call up five previous sexual partners and say so I could have given you chlamydia let's <laughs> <laughs> go and get tested you know I think at the same time it is important that like if you get tested and you've got it don't like don't lie about it don't hide it don't hide because that's just nasty because you don't know the effect for again if someone doesn't because of this taboo if no one goes and gets then tested you've just potentially put someone in jeopardy of like mm-hmm. developing something more serious if they don't ever obviously that's kind of their own fault for not going to get tested but at the same time it's your moral duty as the person who knows to be like oh by the way yeah you have a responsibility and thing is that most stis can be solved pretty yeah, exactly. you take some medication you do this you do that and it goes away and you'll be fine again and it's just it's about being careful but if you do find out that you have something make sure that you know the people you have had sex with since your last test know to make sure and then also because the thing is that one of them gave it to you realistically so make Punch sure they know <laughs> and murder them <laughs> but then at the same time it's also that thing of like it's a taboo subject it's not something mm. you should be ashamed of like apparently there's like i can't name all stis because i haven't got that <laughs> but, like, uh, morgan this is actually meant to be your quiz now <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently there's like four or five i might be wrong maybe three that are like so common that like one in like three people get them or something 
yeah I mean like so many people get chlamydia throughout their yeah. life and like, yeah like I, I I wrote a whole post about getting tested for STIs for the speak up space and it's just I um I had to <laughs> so basically I was writing it as I was um in the process of moving house we'd literally just moved house and we didn't have any wi-fi yet so I had to research and write the whole thing in a cafe and I had people sat behind me so I really hope they felt inspired to go and get tested to be safe when having sex and they they learned a lot about STIs you know (laughs) do you think I think I just really kind of I guess it's here and home especially at the moment is that at the moment, our whole world is revolving around this idea of test and trace and how easily things pass between each other and the importance of taking a test to figure out if actually you've got something and then following that up with the actionable steps you need to do. And it's I don't understand why we've created this whole like cloudy taboo area around sexual health and okay you should go and get tested but keep it on the down low. Just tell people who need to mm-hmm. know. Don't go like parading around the streets kind of tiptoe into the sexual health clinic but at the same time we're literally there on the news every day like you need to be tested you've got a symptom you go and get tested you think you've been in contact with someone who's got a symptom go and get tested and stay away from people until all of this has been sorted like we know the logic behind it when we're all doing it every single day we're following we're putting all these precautions in place we're masking up the mask is a metaphor for a condom like why aren't we doing this like we know it it is in our heads we completely understand this concept but as soon as you just replace the word coronavirus with std and mask for condom it's like i can't do it i don't get it Mm. it's really not that hard exactly and the thing is that even you know if if you really don't want to go to a sexual health clinic for whatever reason that is, or you are housebound, or you know, whatever, you you can order home test kits. You know mm-hmm. that I I believe they're not as accurate as if you go into a clinic. And I don't think they do as wide of a thing. I think they they, they, they yeah. Prick your finger, and then if you don't have a like, I've not done one, but like apparently you're supposed to like prick your finger. And then, um, oh, I've never done one like that. I've done one which was a swab. No, it's for yeah. like, it's, it's for yeah, like HIV, HIV, and something oh, else. Wow. I can't oh, think of what it is. I don't think it's gonorrhea. Something you put your finger, mm. but if you don't put enough blood in the sample, they can't test it. Mm. It is a thing as well, like, even with like the swabs and stuff, like, the you can do it at home, that's fine, and you know your body, so you should be able to do it. But at the same time, these medical professionals are doing it every day as their job. They know what they should be doing. They know how far they need to be putting things in. They know how, how much blood they need to be getting. It is going to be a lot more accurate. But like you say, obviously, it's not the easiest answer for everybody. And it isn't possible for most people. And yeah, it is that whole thing of actually, if you are embarrassed, it's better to just get a home kit than to not get any kit at all. Yeah. At least have that precaution. Whatever you do, get tested somehow. <laughs> <laughs> But also, if you are embarrassed, go over it and go to the clinic. Yeah, like really question what that embarrassment is about. I think that's something I've learned a lot recently is just when I think something or like I feel uncomfortable about something, I've learned to just question why I feel Mm. uncomfortable about it or I don't like it or whatever it is. And then usually I'm able to just get to the root of the problem and be like, 
oh okay it's not that bad and then I'll like I'll go and do some research on it or I'll yeah I'll just learn a bit more about it and then I'll feel so much more comfortable with it Mm. and it's it's fine so I would yeah really encourage anyone that is feeling nervous or embarrassed about sexual health and everything to just question yourself do some research bring it up with your friends Mm. it's it's normal I promise (laughs) I guess most people, the thing they're embarrassed about is they're, they either worry they've got something or they're worried they're like having a child. And like, there are two things that are both solvable in mm-hmm. in different ways. In different ways, yeah. <laughs> you can have the child, you could not have the child, you could have the STD, you could not have the STD. If you have the STD, most are solvable. So it's not like at the end of it, you're going to have like, I mean, in some instances, you might have serious repercussions if you leave things too long. But mm-hmm. if you just go and sort it out. And it, what I find really interesting is that people are out there who, obviously, it's a bit uncomfortable having someone look who you don't know at, like, mm-hmm. your genitals. Mm-hmm. But they, they're not looking at it like, oh, this looks nice. They're looking at it like, what's the problem? Yeah. Like, How can I fix this and then help someone today? They're not like, oh, this one's a bit different. They're not thinking like, <laughs> analyzing like the size or the look of it they're like they're not questioning whether you've shaved or not it's there for a reason um so yeah respect pubic hair <laughs> that's probably all we've got time for today um but india is going to be coming back for part two where we're going to be talking about all things to do with consent and catcalling and all that lovely things um but thank you so much india it's been really good having you you've been so full of wisdom and incredible one-liners um, where can people find you if they want to follow you for more well thank you for having me but um well you can find me on instagram at India Isabel but I'm going to tell you the spelling of it because it's a bit of a weird one because my surname um, my surname my middle name is like it's a Spanish spelling so my handle is India so spell like the country and then Y-S-A-B-E-L so that's I-N-D-I-A-Y-S-A-B-E-L and then you can also follow the speak up space if you want to that's the speak up space and that's on Instagram and Twitter amazing and yeah we release episodes every friday at four o'clock and we also post a load of stuff on our instagram page at the listen up podcast we'll also be sharing a load of posts related to what we've spoken about in today's episode and we'll also share the posts that india's spoken about from the speak up space on our stories and share her account so if you did miss the spelling we'll make sure to share on our stories and in our highlights for you as well but thank you so much india it's been great having you thank you had a great time Bye. Bye. <laughs>